Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast by Lifeway. We're really glad to have you listening to this episode. I'm really excited about this episode. I think that it is a needed topic that you are going to be challenged with, maybe personally and maybe with people that you have the opportunity to pastor and lead. Before we get into that topic, though, I do want to remind you to take 30 seconds, leave that rating and review. It helps people find the podcast as they search for student ministry-related content. It also lets us know what you think of the podcast, uh, not so that we can give ourselves virtual pats on the back, though sometimes five stars make us do that. But most importantly, it helps us know how we can get better for you. So let us know what you think. Let us know how we can get better. We do this thing to serve you, the student ministry leader. So we want to do that as uh, effectively as possible. Uh, I'm Ben Trueblood hosting with you today. Also alongside is producer Nathan. Nathan, always good to see you in the Zoom. Same to you, sir. <laughs> we are, uh, like I said, we're excited about the episode today. Uh, Scarlett Hiltabidal is joining us. Let me tell you a little bit about her and then uh, you'll, hear, you'll hear from her. So she is the author of Afraid of All the Things, Anxious, You're the Worst Person in the World, and some, uh, some other titles as well. She writes regularly for Parent Life Magazine. And she reads truth, enjoys speaking to women around the country about the freedom and rest available in Jesus. Scarlett has a degree in biblical counseling and taught elementary school before she started writing. She and her husband live in Southern California, where she loves signing with her three daughters, eating nachos by herself, writing for her friends, and studying stand-up comedy with a passion that should be reserved for more important pursuits. <laughs> and we were talking before we just... Uh, we just got on here. Her husband's name is Brandon and I'm a big Brandon fan. Um, so I, I just want to make that known to the podcast <laughs> audience. Uh, but Scarlett, it is amazing to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to talk to you guys. So I, I, I want to talk specifically about anxious uh, and I want to talk about anxiety in this episode. And like we know that over the last year, 18 months, that this is something that has been consistently on the rise for people as all of the issues. I mean, there's, we can just say all of them there, there's, there's too many to name at this point, but as all of these things in our world have continued to ramp up and there are messages in our culture about that, that anxiety for people has been rising over the last 18 months. And it's been rising for teenagers too. Like, I don't think it's just a, a male or female thing. I don't just, I don't think it's just an adult or young person thing. It is an issue that people are dealing with. And so I, I would just love to hear from you why, why this writing project? Why did this, why was this something that you said, I've got to write about anxiety? You know, I'm, I'm very grateful for just God's timing in that it it's coming, it's come out right now because I've heard from so many people the last couple of years who have said, you know, I never thought I was an anxious person or my kids weren't anxious until fill like you said, <laughs> fill in the blank of the millions of things that people yeah. are dealing with the past two years. Um, why I have been writing about anxiety is just because this has been the, the great struggle of my life. <laughs> and so um, mm. I look back and I wouldn't have called it anxiety back in the nineties, you know, back in the early two yeah. thousands when I was a teenager, um, I looking back, I see that a lot of my behaviors and, um, 
sin struggles and just the way I kind of white knuckled through um, my youth and into my adult life and something I actively have to fight, which I know we'll talk about that later. But, um, you know, I've just, I've always been writing about anxiety. Um, Mm. My earliest quote book was, um, I've talked about this before, but I wrote back cover copy in the third person as a nine-year-old. It was like 40 pages. And it said, um, Scarlett has many troubles and ulcers, all spelled wrong. Will she overcome her fears? Read the book to find out. So Mm. (laughs) I think that answers your question. The why is I've always been really anxious. And um, thankfully, the Lord changed my life um, when I was a teenager, when I was 14. And, you know, from about 14 until now, and I pray for the rest of my life, he has continued to show me how the gospel isn't just this thing that, you know, quote, good people believe. Um, It's this thing that all of us bad people can cling to as the good news that, you know, because of Jesus, we don't have to be afraid. And when we are afraid, um, he's with us in our suffering. And anyway, that's why I'm grateful for the timing, because I think there are more people who are identifying this as a struggle of theirs now. Yeah. Well, there, there's a, uh, women's study that's available for this. There's one from Lifeway students for teen girls that walks through this. And I think what caught my eye about it was the subtitle and it's, I'm going to read it. It's fighting anxiety with the word of God. So the title is anxious and the cover is really cool. I think it, I think it really is awesome. Uh, but it says anxious fighting anxiety with the word of God. And that caught me because I think words are important and you phrase this as a fight. And so what ways does it look like a fight for you? And how have you like structured this to where you're saying, Hey, God's word is a weapon in this fight with anxiety. I'm so glad you asked that Ben, because usually when I, when I talk to people about this, I try to get this in because it's so important to me that it is fighting. Um, that was, I don't, were you part of this meeting? You know, when Bible studies get made, there's this big round table and because of COVID there was a big round table with a few people and then a bunch of people on zoom when we were putting this together. I think you were in there. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't think I was in that one. Yeah. No, that was the Lifeway women. Okay. So you weren't there. Great. So um, this will be new news to you, but, um, we were sitting around the table and, you know, talking through every detail of what the study was going to be. And I said, I wanted the subtitle to be fighting anxiety with the word of God. And one of the wonderful geniuses at the table, because you guys are all fantastic and so smart. Um, I said the same, he was like, why fighting? You know, we can make it overcoming because that sounds more hopeful, which definitely I look back in my life at different struggles I've had and I have overcome them through the power of God. Um, but I said at that table, I said, you know, I just, I cannot write that because it's still something I fight. And I kind of think maybe it'll be something I fight for the rest of my life. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I don't want to write something that says here that, you know, let's use the Bible and these, not that that's what he was implying, but you know, just from my own perspective, I can't say here are the 12 easy steps and here are the verses to read that are going to fix you because I don't think that's true. I think that we live in a broken world that is not going to stop being scary and we are weak, dependent (laughs) humans. And so something that really changed for me and changed in the way I view and deal with my anxiety is that I shifted from hoping that I could just be perfect and be better someday to recognizing that Jesus is perfect. I am not. 
and I will not be perfected until he comes back or I go to heaven. And so while I'm here, I have to be intentional about my walk with him. I can't just, you know, suffer with the things I suffer with and hope it'll be better someday. I need to fight and thank goodness I'm not alone. Thank goodness we're not alone. We have the word of God. And this study is not something um, that like I put together. It's just God's word is a weapon. I mean, he says that in his word, it's living and active. You know, the study is not only looking at different people in the Bible, which the first few sessions are that they're looking at people and their faith and their failures and what we can learn um, about the scary things they went through, how they dealt with it. Um, But the last, um, the back half of the study is fighting anxiety um, with the Bible, fighting it in community and fighting through prayer, because those are the things that Jesus said to do. And those are the things that bring peace because, you know, we as believers know if we are using the Bible as like a prescription, like this thing is going to make me into a better fixed version of myself. That's not going to work. But we know that God um, wants a relationship with us. And when we draw close to him, he does change us. And we're reminded of this hope we have in him. And so we can walk through the scary things with his word fighting and knowing, um, fighting to remember the truth that of the hope that we have, you know? So that was a very long answer. (laughs) No, it's good. I love how you kind of set the view of God's word as a prescription of, oh, if I just do these things, then it's going to make me better. It's going to make me a better version of myself because I think that in church world, I'm going to paint with a broad brush here. It's always dangerous, but (laughs) I think in church world, specifically around the area of anxiety and other mental health things, the temptation is if I'm experiencing this, something must be wrong with my faith. Something must be wrong with the closeness of my relationship with the Lord. And that's not, certainly that, that could be, there could be something going on in your life, something happening where, you know, there, there is not as great a fellowship with Jesus as there once was. Certainly that could be the case, but I think the default answer for, man, I'm experiencing anxiety or I'm experiencing these deep worries. There must be something wrong with my faith is a dangerous presupposition for people. And I think it can take people down the, down a a very dangerous path if they, if they always head towards that direction. So I'm, I'm thankful that you've taken this approach and that you're saying, you know what? This is something I could be fighting. And it, and it doesn't mean that I'm less than as a Christian. Yeah, definitely. I'm so glad you said that too, because, and that's so tied into my faith story is that I was such an anxious, you know, teenager and new believer. At, I got, I became a Christian at 14 that my faith like became this burdensome thing where I was always afraid I was doing it wrong. So I was like, mm-hmm you know, not only am I a good enough Christian, which isn't a phrase anyone should ever wonder because it's not about our goodness. It's about the goodness of the Lord. Um, but also just like, why don't I have the joy and peace? Like you said, like, why do I struggle so much if I'm, aren't I supposed to be completely joyful and peaceful? So I agree with you. And I put this in afraid of all the things. And in both of the anxious studies, um, I quoted a Tim Keller sermon. He's the best. Um, and he just talked about, um, how there are so many different reasons we can struggle with anxiety. And just like you said, one of them can be, we're, um, neglecting our faith. That can be it. One of them can be that we're living in sin. So, you know, in Proverbs, it says the wicked flee, though no one pursues them. So if you go to a counseling session or take a pill, 
it's not going to help you like repentance. Well, you know, so you have to kind of, um, not self-reflect to like know yourself better, but be able to identify like, why am I struggling? And you know, how can, what can I do? Because, you know, God's word, definitely the answer, but sometimes it's also like, you know, like obeying his word, like living in community, um, not isolating yourself because as an anxious, someone who struggles with it, I definitely tend to close up, hermit up (laughs) when, Mm. when I'm feeling weak, you know? So, yeah. So you mentioned community there, and that is one of the ways that you talk about like, Hey, this is one of the weapons we have to fight anxiety is inside community. And you mentioned confession too. So how do those two things work together for somebody who is dealing with anxiety or for a church leader who's saying, man, I'm hearing from teenagers in my ministry all the time that they're really struggling with anxiety. How does community, community and confession help them fight that? Community and confession have been such a huge part of my own personal testimony, you know, walking through things that I have overcome or that the Lord's helped me me overcome. And just, I can think of all these specific times. um, And this is specifically, you know, talking to students, student leaders. um, I can think of the sin struggles I had in college of, or high school and college of, you know, being a slave to eating disorders and thinking I can, I can get through this on my own because I'm a good Christian Mm. girl. And I, this will be a great testimony someday, but I can't actually bring this into the light. I can't actually confess Mm. And because God is real and he communicates with his people, I was reading his word, trying to, you know, get better. And he kept leading me to Proverbs 28, 13, which is, um, he who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but if you confess, you receive mercy. And I kept coming to that and he kept the Holy spirit kept putting that in my face. And I kept saying, no, I can't, I can't. So, you know, for me in that season of my life, it was an obedience thing. Like I was refusing to obey the word that I was spending time in because of pride. And so I wasn't healed until I did until I let it all out. So anyway, to all these, you know, people who are leading teenagers who are saying these things, it is just so important. I think, you know, a lot of people, there are a lot of churches that don't um, encourage you to bring the hard stuff into the light, or maybe, you know, people have had an experience where, they've been part of a a small group or something where people just kind of spill all their stuff and then they're sad (laughs) and then they leave. And then you're like, Oh, I feel horrible. You know? Yeah. Um, and there's no hope or prayer, or maybe there's just like, okay, God help us. Amen. And then we come back the next week. Um, so I don't recommend that either. I would just say, um, you know, looking to Jesus, his example and what he says in his word is, you know, the, the life giving, transformational, beautiful thing is to have a group of believers around you and you look at the Bible and you try to do what it says. And you remind yourself of the truth that you cannot do it on your own and pray, believing that God answers prayer because he does. Um, and yeah, just always have that hope, especially as a leader. Um, you're going to (laughs) hear hard, heavy things. I'm laughing because this uh, month we had a lot of loss and really difficult things in my family. And I've never really experienced grief, you know, death of family members. And so I'm, I'm having to like relearn like the filter of like what mm. to share, because it's like when you're dealing with really hard stuff, you know, and someone says, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, can like, go fine or, or you can go 
full on, am I in a counseling session? (laughs) Right. That's right. I've had a few of those this month where I'm like, oh man, wish I could have walked that back. (laughs) But I think it's important um, as believers and as leaders, um, small group leaders to just help people feel like they're safe to share the hard stuff because we all go through hard stuff, but then also just tie in the hope, the truth that we can cling to in the midst of all these hard things, you know? Yeah. And it takes both of those. It takes, because yes. you know, student ministry, I mean, I, it's been, uh, you know, you gave the year range where you were a teenager and that it was a little further back for me when I, but I remember <laughs> and, ha- and spending a lot of time with teenagers in student ministry, it can be a very judgy season of life a very critical season of life, both self-criticizing and the fear of others criticizing. And so it, there's a piece of that like brokenness of our world. I think that doesn't go away into adulthood. There's still like, it takes eight seconds on Twitter to realize, Oh, adults are still critical of each other. (laughs) But uh, I think it, it takes work in a student ministry to build an environment where the vulnerability or the safety, like you mentioned, exists for somebody to, to have that confession moment, to be able to, with a small group leader and some friends, to be able to say, hey, like, this is my struggle. Can you walk through this with me? And so okay. if, if you're a student ministry leader and you're thinking about, like, how do I help my students in this, then the work that you put into building an environment in those smaller settings where that vulnerability exists and the training that you put into your small group leaders so that, you know, when something is shared, they don't have that. I can't believe I'm hearing this right now face, but they're, mm-hmm. they're able to like sit with that with them. All of the hours that go into those things are worth it for the moments when a student feels the safety to say, Hey, this is my struggle. And then the other side of that is that, you have poured into that ministry, the, the culture of, Hey, when, when one of us is struggling, we all strive together. Like we strive together for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I think it's easy in student ministry for us to take strive together for the sake of the gospel and say, Hey, that's about sharing Jesus with lost people. Mm -hmm. And we forget that we need to share the gospel with each other for mo- for issues like we're talking about today for issues like anxiety and a whole host of other- anything that we would deal with it's it's the gospel and so i'm thankful that you've you've poured into and that that god is using some of the experiences of your life to be able to share with with people who are teenagers right now who are maybe experiencing some of the same things that you were experiencing having some of the same thoughts that you were having uh it's very meaningful to them. And I I would love to ask you along those same lines, like what do you hope happens with a group of teenage girls who sit together with this study? And I'm so grateful too. I'm so grateful. And, you know, my prayer is that like you, I mean, there's just so much beauty in a group of people. And I think especially of teenagers because they don't have, they might have the faith, but they don't have the life experience to know that the world is not actually going to end if someone discovers that they're not perfect. Because man, I heard the gospel. I knew the gospel as a 14, 15, 16, 19 year old. I knew it, but my mind, the enemy told me 
if you really, you know, bring, bring stuff into the light, if you really let people know you, you will be rejected. They will make the face you described the horrible, like the horrified what face. And when I finally obeyed and confessed, and I mean, it, it set off a chain reaction. I can think of, you know, honestly, in my um, early twenties, when I was really struggling, and I mean, these aren't secrets, I've written about them. (laughs) I was really (laughs) struggling with anxiety in a lot of ways that were like severe. And I thought, and you know, even moving to Nashville, I remember thinking if people really knew how I struggle in my mind, they would think Mm -hmm. I was a weird, you know, I can't share this stuff. And I remember sitting in a small group as a 20 something and sharing the extent of like what was going on in my mind. And the fact that the faith at the fact that people didn't flinch and then shared their struggles. It was like, I mean, I have chills even thinking about it now. It was so transformational and it, it helped me learn to live that way. Like I don't have to hide and pretend. And so I think for, um, for teenage girls, especially, it just thrills me to think that they can, um, spend so, so much less time or hopefully no time if they are being raised in these environments that encourage, um, encourage people to look to Christ as the one who's going to get it right for us. Not like none of us are the hero. And so, man, if I could go back and, and tell 14 year old me, like, you're not the hero, stop trying to be the hero, stop hiding. Mm -hmm. You can experience love if you just follow Christ and, and exalt him instead of yourself, you know? So that is my hope with this is that, um, that's my hope for the teenage girls. And then I also have hope for the leaders because man, I'm a parent of three daughters. None of them are teenagers yet. My oldest is 10, but the Lord teaches me so much through my daughters. <laughs> and so I also just hope and pray that the leaders, the adults who are leading these studies will also um, find themselves encouraged to remember this hope that we have, you know? Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you mentioned prayer too, as one of the so it's the, the word of God. These are the, like the weapons that we have, the word of God, confession and community, and then prayer. Um, I would love to hear you talk about the, the role that prayer plays in that, because it's not just this pray more and it'll go away or pray it away type of prayer, or you're experiencing this, ah, you just need to spend more time in prayer. It's, it's so much more than that. So I'd love to hear you talk uh, just a little bit about the prayer weapon in this fight. Yeah. Um, I think this is a story in the student version. I know it's a story that I wrote about in the um, women's version, but I can remember, I think I was 19 um, and I was on a church staff. It was like my first non-restaurant job. And I remember we would have uh, prayer time with the staff and the whole time that other people were praying, I was thinking, dear Lord, help me to say the best prayer so that someone's like, "Mm, yes, Lord. (laughs) Amen. You know, and it was like, It was all about me and how I looked and how I would be perceived. I wasn't thinking that, oh, I can actually come before our creator and ask him things and things will change. And I can ask for healing and I can worship him and I can communicate with him and I can hear from him. Like that was the the furthest thing from my mind. Um, I was a believer, but I was such a miserable believer because I was so focused on the wrong things. So I think, or I don't think I know. um, I mean, prayer is like, my favorite thing about being a Christian, because if you bring your requests before the Lord, and especially if they're um, really personal and really, uh, you know, detail, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, specific. Mm-hmm. If they're very specific and you get to see God 
do these things that you've been talking to him about. It's such a faith building thing for you, but it's also such a beautiful way to love your community. So, you know, I remember when I was a young Christian, just thinking, like you said, like prayers, just pray it away. Prayer is something you do, some, prayer is something good people do or whatever. But when I discovered that I'm not good people, you know, <laughs> you mentioned one of my books in the intro, you're the worst person in the world, which comes out next year, but it's about recognizing um, our worstness and mm. <laughs> the bestness of, of Jesus um, and how that's the starting point to abundant life and, you know, living a lifestyle of repentance and all that. But um, yeah, I just, it's such a transformative thing. I think that I can, I know that I can point to periods of time in my own life where it has been an underutilized weapon uh, for me. And, you know, as a pastor in the past and as, you know, somebody that's been connected to ministry and like, there have been seasons where it's like, this is an underutilized weapon. And yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm thankful that, that you bring it out in this student pastors, if it's uh, something that you are looking for, we know that anxiety is a thing that people are dealing with that teenagers in your ministry, this is a growing thing. And so this is a very timely resource for you, Scarlett. It has been wonderful having you on the episode today. Thanks for making this time. We really appreciate it. And thank you for the vulnerability in writing something like this. Thank you, Ben. Hey, if you're interested in the study that we have been talking about today with Scarlett, you can find it on lifeway.com uh, as well as some other Bible study providers. It is called Anxious, Fighting Anxiety with the Word of God. And the author has been our guest today, Scarlett Hiltabital. I strongly encourage you check this one out. It is going to be good stuff. Well, uh, producer Nathan, um, as per usual, let's take a couple minutes and just Point to some things that stood out from this conversation. Uh, you know, it started off just, you know, us talking about a project that Scarlett has been working on, but it just so happens that it is a topic that is so needed right now, so important right now. And I think we're finding out more and more about it the more, uh, the more people pay attention to the, the reality that this is not just something you, oh, just pray this away, but. Mm -hmm. that it's a real, it's a real issue. So what are you walking away with today? What I really walked away with was just how much she, well, how much she fought for keeping the word fighting in there. And I really like that because I think it is something that is kind of, kind of a constant battle. I think too often, sometimes Christian subculture can be fine version of self-help. And I think that that can be very dangerous because I think we see through the Bible, the whole process that sanctification is a continual process, you know, from whenever you become a Christian all the way through till, you know, Jesus calls us home kind of a deal. And so it's not, it's not, you know, oh, this problem's fixed. Now I move on to the next problem. It's a continual battle. And we see that through, I can just think through, you know, all the different saints that fought through stuff. Even, I mean, we get a lot from Paul in his writings about continual battle, continual fighting and those kind of things. And it's not a, okay, I've conquered this one thing. And now we move on to the next thing, you know, but I think that's, I think that's one thing that's really important for student pastors to understand and that what we're seeing from students with the incredible rise of just students being anxious, suffering from anxiety, really having, you know, some, some struggles there is that it is, you know, that continual battle, that continual process kind of a deal. And I like how she also put, you know, really fighting it with scripture, man, similar to me. It's one of those things that if we're not careful, we can like Christianese the topic mm -hmm. and we can be dismissive of anxiety or we can immediately link anxiety to a sinful behavior, which 
sometimes is the truth. I mean, Scarlett talked about that a little bit too. Yep, for sure. But at other times, it can be just around life circumstances or somebody's predisposition to feeling anxiety. Yeah. All it could be a combination or one of those things. And so I think for us as church leaders, it's important that we allow there to be space for this to be treated like a real thing, because it is Mm -hmm. for us to be good listeners, for us to be people who create the environment. Like I said, during the podcast to create the environment where vulnerability is there, where people can share what their, what their struggles are. And then we come around them in community and walk with them through it. But uh, a general dismissiveness of worry and anxiety is, is not helpful. And I hope that we can begin to move more away from that in, in student ministry and church circles in general. Yeah, for sure. Well, a good one today. Uh, and we hope that you'll be back for the next episode. Thanks for listening to the student ministry podcast by Lifeway. We'll see you next time.